Hello, and welcome to the What's Career Got to Do With It podcast, where we hope to provide a space for honest conversation and information that encourages a listener to take their next steps in their career journey. Wherever you are at in this process, we hope this episode will meet you with affirmation, guidance, and maybe some laughs along the way. On today's episode, we are joined by special guest Rachel Coleman, Director of Career Development and Education at the Duke Career Center, as we discuss an answer, or many, to the question, how do I go from being a student to being a professional? I don't know. <laughs> I was in school for like 10 years. We're always students. Yes, we're always students. Students of life. But eventually, <laughs> we get paid, hopefully. There's the difference. Yes. Oh, man. So, y'all, what if... As we think, we all come from different backgrounds here and, and different uh, educational levels, and many of us held many different types of degrees, and then also many of us have uh, graduated school at different points and gone into different industries, all of that good stuff. Um, some took a longer journey to get there. Um, some went right into it. Others split it up. I really think there's no necessarily right way to do it for just like it's a blanket statement, but more so along the lines of what works for you. So tell me what has worked for you as you transition in your own personal life, I guess, first from being a student to a professional and maybe some of the things that you noticed along the way. Not all at once. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll take this one. Um, my journey was a little bit weird, actually, because I actually went from being a graduate assistant and working with student-athletes to quickly transitioning to somebody full-time, and uh-oh, Nicole has authority. Um, so I think one of the first lessons I learned, particularly when working with peers, was how to establish um, boundaries um, and how to still uh, present myself as somebody who is caring, right? We can still be a friend. Um, I am still here for you. But now I have a different level of responsibility. Um, I respect you as an athlete. I would hope you would respect me as a professional. Um, And that's kind of how I led those conversations. So um, that was one of the first things I definitely remember in in talking with my mentor. Um, I was just their their equal um, three weeks ago. Um, So figuring out how to, to start to establish work relationships, um, figure out who I was going to lean on um, as the newbie within the office. So those are some of the first lessons that I remember having to learn pretty quickly. I'll say um, along with all of that, just taking the time to kind of watch and observe my environment um, to know to find who those people were that I could go to and then maybe who not to go to. (laughs) Um, um, But I I think it was just, for me, just observation. And then, like Nicole was saying, um, finding that boundary, finding that understanding and that respect with the student. Um, Just like I was in grad school, I think it it's worked. And, I mean, I got paid for it. But I was just out of undergrad, and I was teaching these students, and I was charging students. So um, <clears throat> just remembering that I wasn't too – I'm not too far removed from that space um, and just gaining the respect of the students. Yeah, this is a good question. I think for me, I – I feel like I've worked like my entire life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I'm like trying to think of a time when I didn't have a job, um, even going to school and things like that. But I think, Angela, to piggyback off of what you said, I think I see myself as an observer analyst type. So I think the biggest thing was navigating different environments and trying to get a sense of what the culture of different spaces is like. I very much relied on mentors to help guide me through that process of what to expect and how to make those transitions more successful. Um, And I think that being in a variety of different environments really helped me with that. Like I worked for a mortgage company for a little while and, Mm. you know, I worked in higher ed and I worked in the school system. I worked, you know, for the government. And I think all of those are very different. And so through that process, I learned how to be pretty adaptable that with any new environment, kind of get a feel for it, observe, take some advice and then jump right Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. And while y'all were speaking, I was thinking about like how I understood what a professional was during my um, undergraduate academic journey. And so for me, it really tied to the work that I did in student leadership organizations where we talked about what is professionalism, what does it mean for us as students, and then how do we carry it on into what we do after. So like working in higher education, then going into, say, like an engineering firm, professionalism looked very different. Mm -hmm. The demeanor was different. Um, and higher education was really like stoic. You had to make sure you represented the university well. It was very about tradition and how you presented yourself, how you dressed. And so that those sorts of conversations of working it out with peers of what professionalism means, how it can lean towards representing one group versus the other, that was kind of a part of, you know, that journey as well, too. And just to add, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I do – that was a question I had going through my mind, too, of like how mm-hmm. are we defining professional? Like, right, what does that right. Mean? Um, and – just an example I had when I was moving to start a new position and I had to go to orientation and it was brand new to me. It was in a new state, complete mm-hmm. new environment. And I remember calling human resources before I showed up for orientation because I was like, I don't even know what to wear. Like I yeah. didn't know yeah. what was considered professional for that environment. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it very much is defined differently depending on where you are in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to the hate on my alma mater, but <laughs> um, I, I do I do love them, and they gave me a lot of guidance. But I was one of those psych majors slash student athlete who had no direction whatsoever. Thankfully, Betsy Williams, Betsy Dunn Williams, thank you so much for your direction as a mentor <laughs> in, in my life. If you listen to this, um, I to send it to her. Yes, <laughs> um, but when I made that transition first of being an undergraduate student to coach and I was coaching in college athletics and I had to realize, oh, wow, I'm now yelling at the people I used to stand next to. And that's weird. <laughs> um, they, it's weird for them too. And I had to take on this, this role and find the balance of friends slash mentor slash coach slash someone they can trust. And I think dealing with those dynamics, are shocking and they are difficult, but it is a part of the process and know that nobody makes that transition seamlessly. Um, that that transition's not not easy. And I think for anybody that gets into a, a different career field or um, leaves undergrad especially and then tries to find their way into their next steps, it, it, there's going to be a little bit of a transition piece playing around with the dynamics. Um, I will say my graduate assistantship really helped me kind of figure out what professionalism is. And so I was thankful for that piece of 
trying to learn and adapt and evolve as a human and then um, engaging with peers and colleagues and utilizing that word as colleague beyond uh, what I was using a teammate. I always just assumed teammate, teammate, teammate. And now the relationship was a little bit different. Now teammate means something different to me as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that takes time. Um, you're not going to do it perfectly as you as you first make your step um, into the professional world, but um, it is a necessary growth process. And so maybe that's what we talk about next is that that growth piece of those those pressure or pain points, the difficult transition pieces because, being a student for the vast majority of us is an identity piece. It is an identity, um, and there's definitely sub-identities that are part of that, or there's even uh, overarching identities that um, mean more than being a student as well. And so dealing with identities is, is a difficult topic, and it's also a difficult thing to wrestle with on our own end. So tell me a little bit about um, the identity piece and transitioning and how you resonate with utilizing that word identity of student and professional. He did. Yeah, it's 34 <laughs> degrees outside. I don't know if my brain's unthought. I'd even have my coffee. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Where's the coffee? Um, I'll start with, a, I guess, maybe a parallel Example. So I worked with the military for a number of years, and my role was helping service members transition off of active duty. So as you can imagine, the identity piece was very strong because serving in the military is not a job. It really is a life. Um, you build your entire life around that. It dictates where you live and the job you do and all of those things. Um, so this, this idea of identity came up quite a bit in that role of trying to help people understand what about the military, what about that life, what about that identity did they want to retain? And what maybe did they feel like it was time to shift a little bit? And as you can imagine, that really varied depending on the person. Um, for some people, that contributing to something bigger than yourself, that idea of the mission was something that they very much wanted to carry forward. And whatever they did post-military service really needed to have that element to it. So that aspect they wanted to, some wanted to hold really tightly to. Um, some of the other pieces, maybe, you know, deployment, that, that kind of thing. And there's, there's civilian jobs that deploy, right? So that's still an option. Um, but I'm just picking that as an example of maybe that's, that's a piece of the identity of not necessarily wanting to hold on to that. So I would say similar of student and transitioning into the first, you know, full-time employment experience post-degree is kind of this, you know, what what really gave you energy and um, like, what did you really enjoy about being a student and what do you want to carry forward with you versus we all know there's parts of being a student that aren't super fun. Uh, <laughs> like, what do you mean? So what pieces are you are you kind of ready to let go? And I think that's, you know, that takes some introspection, that takes some reflection, but to think about what do I want to take with me and what do I want to leave behind? And I'll actually piggyback off of that because the first thing I thought about was, again, from a previous episode, the value of knowing yourself, mm -hmm. right? So if you, you've taken a little bit of that time to, to look inward, um, that's helpful. I 
again, in knowing myself and trying to establish what my um, advising was going to look like, um, I always made it a point to have conversations about things other than my student-athlete sport. So um, I used to always tell them, I'm, I'm going to be here beside you to be as excited about your passion as you are, but I'm also going to be excited about plan B, C, and D, probably a little bit more than you are, but I want you to see that there is value in those as well, too. Um, so, um, you know, when we talk about identity, specifically in that student-athlete population, um, that has been a topic for a very, very, very long time. Um, so I think that was something that sat important to me is to um, have those conversations to let them know it's okay to talk about something else besides your sport. I'm not giving you playing time, so I want to know about you. Um, I want to know what else makes you exciting. Um, my favorite student athlete wanted to be a mortician, and I loved that. Loved it. Um, I'm a little creepy, so I enjoy talking about it. Uh, so maybe there were some benefits to me. But um, again, I think for me it was, it, and still to this day, is creating that space to let you be you. Um, and if you don't know who you is yet, um, having those conversations so you're comfortable with exploring it with somebody else, but hopefully being able to go back home and continue exploring it on yourself because you've begotten, uh, begotten, not a word, because you have gotten <laughs> more comfortable. Usually I heard that in divinity school. But <laughs> <laughs> that the whole podcast just changed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. And I really... Um, appreciate like what Nicole was saying is giving the students space to talk about something else. Um, so when I when I was, again, trying to figure out how I'm going to do sessions, how we're going to talk through these things, how even I do my classes and facilitation, like, I know, I don't know if we have, listen, I'll play this song by Shaka Khan. It's called Tell Me Something Good. Yeah. And I, that's how we started out our class. There you go, okay? Somebody cue it up. Hey, okay. Um, but, I mean, it was just something, I'm like, tell me anything good. I don't care what it is. Just talk to me. And, and so it kind of yeah. opened them up. Of course, they would get that, which we are all thankful for. I woke up this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. But give me something else. There's yeah. something else that's going on good. And so that really helped kind of segue and open up to get them thinking and talking. Sorry. Yeah. I like music, y'all. There's always a lyric or a movie quote in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yes. I could, I could, plan an entire day doing nothing but song lyrics and music. Yes. We'll do that. Let's yes. do that. Yes. A future podcast. <laughs> music and food. That's what we like around here. Can you yes. string together an entire episode <laughs> using lyrics and quotes? You said tell me something good and I thought about cheese grits. <laughs> <laughs> I so wish you all could see Rudy's face right now. <laughs> Priceless. Oh, y'all. It's been a long semester. Right. <laughs> my mic over here. But that's okay. You're gonna make it. We're yeah. here for you. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I want to touch too on the uh, the replacing of identities with other identities. Um, I, I think about me moving from athlete to coach. I tried to find like a an identity that that had the same levity 
or the same amount of prestige in my mind, and not necessarily to others, but in my mind, um, to match with that identity that I was using. And I don't know if that was necessarily the healthiest because it didn't bring me the same amount of fulfillment or purpose that I thought it would. And so, like, I went from athlete to coach to minister, and, like, all these titles were great, but it wasn't actually what I wanted or who I wanted to be. And in that process, I was like, oh, what am I actually here for? And I was like, oh, I really like the conversations that I'm having on a college campus. I'm really enjoying these pieces. I don't want to go out in the real world. Well, (laughs) the real world exists here too, but I don't want to spend time doing things where I'm not having these conversations. And that's what higher education has allowed me to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm oversimplifying this, but when hearing each of y'all stories, I thought about the transition from a high school senior to a college freshman. It's like getting comfortable with, oh, I don't have to ask for permission necessarily to go to the bathroom. Oh, I don't have to have a pass to go out to my car to get my like that sort of transition of like, oh, I'm an actual adult quotation marks. I think it's that same sort of transition period from college senior to a professional. You've got to make your own decisions about benefits and how much I want to get paid and, you know, all that kind of stuff, vision and all that. So th- that's what I was thinking about in my mind, too. And I was just going to add, because I, I feel like I kind of sidestepped my part a little bit by talking about other people's transition. I realized <laughs> I didn't answer the question. Um, so a uh, one thing that came up as as others were talking was my transition as a student athlete, too, um, because it was pretty jarring. It was actually because of an injury. So I had three knee surgeries in four years through the course of my college career playing soccer. So it's essentially having a surgery every off season, trying to come back. And you can imagine how well that worked out. Um, but, you know, I was in my 20s and I was invincible and it was fine. Um, but that last year, they wouldn't medically clear me anymore to play. And that identity piece of, wait, if I'm not an athlete – if I'm not a soccer player, like, who am I, mm-hmm. you know? And that I was not prepared, you know, for that transition in any way, shape, or form. And it was not a very pleasant experience. I mean, it, it got through it and it was fine, but it was one of those that I just – I never thought I was going to have to answer that question, you know? And so I learned a lot from that transition of and, – and I think it, it speaks to who I've become now because I'm always ready. Like I'm always ready to pivot if I have to um, because I, that that was a tough lesson to learn of thinking that, especially something that's that physically demanding, that it would just always be there, you know. So that's my, my personal anecdote to actually answer the question. Can I just for a second? I want to kind of sit in that for a moment. Um, and in that student-athlete realm, I was there too, like Rudy and, and you, Rachel, Um And even that transition within that space of being a student athlete, like, I needed to let people know that I was more than somebody throwing something heavy in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and this is to you all, whoever, if you are in a special group, affinity group, whatever, um, you know, taking on additional leadership responsibilities is what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were practicing and working out 20 hours a week. It's like a part-time job, but I made the point to make sure that I had other things on my resume. You know, I was the president of my sorority. I was on, you know, in the gospel choir. You know, I was doing things so that when that time came, 
because I knew I didn't necessarily want to try for the Olympics. I was good, but I didn't think I was there. (laughs) Um, But I knew that I needed to have some transition ready as I began that transition of graduating from undergrad. So just kind of wanted to tag on to that as well. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's super smart because that's and, – and now I can have this conversation with students of like do as I say, not as I did. But having – you know, if you think about your life and having lots of different aspects to it, right, different activities, different things like that, if, if one of those goes bad, almost like spokes in a wheel, right, if one of those goes wrong or things just aren't working out but you've got all the other spokes still working – you're good. Yeah. You know, if if everything is leaning on that one spoke and then things go downhill, you're kind of sunk. And that's yeah. that was my hard lesson to learn. Yeah. The thing that I thought about when you asked that question was um, transitioning title or role um, and, and dealing with that. When I think about our students, um, you know, they're they're resilient and getting jobs that, you know, they are likely to be somebody's supervisor as soon as they get in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I used to always shy away from leadership roles because I used to always hear, you know, it's lonely at the top. Um, you're, you don't get friends anymore. Everybody kind of looks at you as that authority figure. Um, and I had to kind of take some time to to look and view the people who were above me and see the relationships that they were developing. Um, and I hate to sound like a broker record, but it all went back to knowing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I used to tell this to, um, you know, my interns as well. Look at the things about me that you like. Look at the things about me that you don't like. It's only going to help you create your own way as you move forward. Um, so, you know, I had to kind of do some searching and really think um, it's it's not lonely at the top. It doesn't have to be lonely at the top. You just have to figure out how to continue to be you while also understanding the role that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you can understand who you are and how you're going to approach that role, um, the people that you are working with or quote-unquote supervising hopefully will gravitate towards you because it's something that they see, that they respect, and that they want to learn from themselves so that when they're in that position, they know it as well too. Um, so all of that to say, don't be afraid of transitioning into higher roles. It is not lonely at the top. Um, there's cookies and cakes and pies at the top. Aspire to be there. Um, but yes, uh, I, I can't stress, as we all talk about, spend a little bit of time with yourself as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, too, that taking ownership of your identity, um, you mentioned that self-awareness piece and always going back to that. We always do that in our um, in our meetings with students and even with ourselves, I hope, as practitioners of uh, career advising and also just encouraging others to take care of themselves is going back and reflecting on who you are as a person and then knowing that you are controlling the narrative moving forward and allowing yourself to be affirmed and yes, what you have done and who you were, but also knowing that moving forward in the present that you have the opportunity to control that narrative again and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do day in and day out. And while that work can be tiring, that's also why it's important. You uh, surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you in that on the days where you are down, the days that you feel like, I just want to go back to being that person that was a straight A student or the person that was presenting for this project and people looked up to or the leader of this club that you can take ownership 
partnership, knowing that you were once in that place and knowing that you can also get back to that place, it may just look a little bit different. Um, so with that, I, I want to take this last minute here to close out and maybe we won't have a solution for this, but maybe some helpful words uh, for you all out there and surrounding the question of how do I transition from being a student to being professional? What does that even look like? Be brave and just jump right into it if you can. You got a parachute and your parachute is your experience and your support system. And I go back just to saying again, just observe where you are because every every place you go is different. Observe where you are, figure out who your go-tos are and, and run with it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think remember you control your experience, right? If you set it in your mind that all of this is something exciting and new and I'm exploring versus um, being paranoid about it and letting that emotion overrule you, mm -hmm. um, just remember you are in control of your experience. Um, you are going to have some anxieties about it. But mm -hmm. um, again, remember, you can say at any point to yourself, all right, we're done with anxieties. Let's, let's go out and do this. Um, so remember that, you know, you you control that experience. I'm not going to get this quote exactly right, so we might have to put it in the show notes because <laughs> I forget who to attribute it to. Um, but a quote that I have shared with students many times is this, try not to worry about making the right decision, but making the decision right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I try to embrace that with every transition that I make. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be things about any new role that don't go well, that aren't going to be exactly what you want it to be. Um, but going back to what Nicole said, you know, control what you can, mm -hmm. make the experience what you want with what you can control. Um, and definitely lean on your support system. You know, we're, we're not meant to do this alone, mm -hmm. you know, so take your, your friends with you, your circle, your mentors, your advisors, take them all with you on this journey. Let them help you. Yes. And I think to close out, it's not going to be perfect, but it definitely needs to be you because you are beautiful. You are strong. You are passionate. You are powerful. Go with these things and remember them throughout your day. And we ask that you join us next week. Wait, wait, we didn't get to play the sound. Can we just play the sound because you said we're beautiful? Yes. Okay. I was gonna go for Christina Aguilera. I was saying you are beautiful for you guys, but you know. Why have we not brought out Shaka Khan yet? All right, y'all. Can we do that? Check out the next episode.